Before we get started with the podcast tonight, I'd like to remind you guys to check out our Facebook page, which is Grey Uncommons, and that's where we offer our unique decal and t-shirt designs. So if you're in the market for a decal or a t-shirt, check out Grey Uncommons. That's Grey with an A, Uncommons, on Facebook. Now, back to the podcast. From the Gray Homestead in the heart of the Ozarks, this is Front Porch Anarchast. We're spreading the ideas of freedom and liberty from the front porch one episode at a time. Front Porch Anarchast. Freedom starts on your own front porch. And this episode starts now. I heartily accept the motto that government is best which governs least carried out, it finally amounts to this, which also I believe, that government is best which governs not at all. And you're listening to yet another episode of Front Porch Anarchast. Tonight, coming to you from the very wind-blown gray homestead right here in southwest Missouri. I say wind-blown because... I just heard on the news on the radio that they uh, they're saying that the wind gusts are 60 miles an hour, which is pretty strong. It's rocking the studio here. And today is November 26th. Well, today was November 26th. It's probably after midnight now, which means that it is just a couple more days until Thanksgiving. It's actually less than 48 hours until the infamous Black Friday sales begin. So I'd like to give a shout out to all of you who work in retail. It takes a special kind of person to deal with all of that craziness that comes along. I should know I've been doing it for 30 years, I guess. This is going to be 30 years? 31 years. I probably skipped a couple of Black Fridays in there. I know, too, as a matter of fact. But for the most part, all my adult life, I've worked in retail. So, again, my hat's off to all of you. I will be among your ranks. Like I said, the the weather is uh, quite strange today, which is pretty sad. Yesterday, it was a perfect day, upper 60s, not a cloud in the sky. I started working on a uh, on a project. It was a table kitchen table. It was supposed to be a one-day project. Today I started the second day of that one-day project, and tomorrow I'll start on the third day of that one-day project. But today really sucked because of the rain that came in. I had been using the the tailgate of, of the truck as a workbench to do all the cutting. I had it all set up. I was doing the cutting, then it started raining. Moved into the shop, stopped raining, moved back out. It started raining again. It was, that was ridiculous. I should have just stayed inside the shop, right? And while I'm cutting on this thing, I'm thinking, you know, in public school, everyone tried to steer me away from the um, shop classes. And as I'm trying to build this kitchen table, I'm wondering why... The emphasis was more on trigonometry and geometry and calculus and less on 
basic skills like working with wood? I mean, it shouldn't be so difficult to build your own kitchen table, right? There's a, a lumber yard, and it's not even a real lumber. It's a sawmill. There's a sawmill right down the road from us. They give us lumber. Now, it's not a precise length, and it's not going to be square, and... It may be an inch and a half thick on one end and an inch thick on the other, but if you get a truckload of it, then there's plenty to work with. It's not all going to be the same width. Some of it's four inches wide, and some of it is, I think the widest one I've, I've ran across so far is 15 inches wide. And it's, it's good wood. It's nice stuff. So you would think that one could build a kitchen table with it. And it should be simple, but it's really not as simple as it looks, especially if you just if you just have hand tools. So I've been working on that. I think Jennifer is getting a little... Uh, she's losing her patience with that job, but it's almost done. I'm joking. It's nowhere near done. I almost have all of the parts cut, and then I'll have to assemble. Anyway. Also today, we got a big load of mulch for free. It's probably two truckloads, two pickup truckloads of mulch. They, uh, the power company was cutting on the, the, the trees that were too close to their power lines and we saw that they were throwing all of the, uh, the cuttings into a tree chipper. Jennifer went down and told them they could dump a load down here and they did. And it's quite the load. Not really sure what we'll be able to do with all of it, but we're going to give it a try. Since I do work in retail, and I'm expected to be there for this Black Friday event, we had to do our Thanksgiving today, so that was an experience too, coming up with foods that a three-year-old and a five-year-old will eat. But we managed to do that. We did some... I cut my son's hair today, which is always interesting because he, he has a problem standing still. We did baths and everything, and then they went to bed, and now it's time for the podcast. So I was trying a new format with, with like, news, a news segment, and, you know, it's pretty depressing when you're just looking through the news. So that's turned into more of a chore than anything. I mean, I do listen to the news. I keep up with current events actually pretend like I care about most of it, it's uh, it's pretty tough. I did pull some things, though, that might be, of, um, might be of some interest. I'm not really sure if I'll keep doing this or not. Let's see. There's one in here about a vegan lawsuit. Oh, there's more and more Trump impeachment. A union boss had to resign because, oh, wait, I'll keep that as a teaser. Union boss had to resign. A little bit of entertainment news in here, and I've been listening to some different podcasts. I may talk about that a little bit, but before I get into any of that, we took a we took a trip up to the uh, up to the middle of the state or up to the northern part of the state. I'm not really sure. It was about a three hour drive one way, so it was way on up there. We had a doctor's appointment. Our um, our third child is on the way, so we went up to uh, meet with a doctor up there that works with our midwife. 
And while I was there, I ran across this again. And I, I don't understand this. Maybe you guys can help me out. I had to use a public restroom. I really don't like that anyway. But, you know, hey, what are you going to do? Got to pee somewhere, right? So I go into, it's at a Walmart too. I go into a Walmart. There's three urinals there. And I'm already kind of ticked off because I walk in and three urinals, some dude is using the middle urinal, which I don't understand that because anybody else that comes in now is going to have to use one or the other beside him, right? So I'm not really sure why he wasn't using one on either end. It's not like somebody just came out of there, like the other two were taken when he got in there. I'm not really sure. So anyway, so I have to walk up next to this dude. I'm using this urinal. He leaves without washing his hand. No, that guy washed his hands. Some other dude walks in, uses the one on the far end. Another guy walks in. He's using the one next to me. He walks up to the urinal and he spits in it. And I've always wondered why men spit in urinals when they walk up to it. I've never been able to figure that out. I've worked in retail, so I have to use public restrooms there. And sometimes you'll see, like, spit from uh, where people have been using smokeless tobacco. But, I mean, a lot of times these guys are just walking up and spitting into a urinal. I don't know, maybe this is too much information. Maybe it's, you know, somebody finds it gross. But if you could let me know why this happens. If you are a urinal spitter, maybe you could let me know why you do that or or why people might do that. Send me an email. Send me an email with urinal spitting or something like that in the in the uh, subject line front porch anarchast. Anarchast with a uh, with an h in it at gmail.com. Yeah, so that same guy that spit in there, he just walked out too. He didn't even bother with his washing his hands, which kind of irks me. Spreading your junk funk everywhere. Heard a guy get into it one time with a um, with a restroom attendant. You know, one of those guys that like stand actually stand in the restroom with towels. This guy had hot towels, and after you wash your hands, you're supposed to get a hot towel from this guy and then tip him. One dude walked in there, peed, and was just going to walk out. I guess the attendant said something to him, and he's like, all I did was pee. It's not like I peed on my hands. I guess the guy kind of missed the point of why you would wash your hands. Anyway, why wouldn't you wash your hands, right? I mean, it's a good opportunity. Even, you know, even if you don't think you're dirty or whatever, I mean, there's no telling what you touched on the way, you know, in the way to the restaurant, on the way to the restroom. You had to touch the door at least, right? So... There's a good reason to wash your hands. You might, you know, keep yourself from getting sick. You might keep other people from getting sick. Everybody wants to push vaccines and they don't even want to wash their hands. Crazy, I tell you. But if you could help me out with the urinal spitting, I would really appreciate that. So I mentioned vegan lawsuit. Evidently, there is a guy who is suing Burger King because of their impossible burger. He says that it was advertised as being 100% plant-based and 0% beef, but then he finds out that it's cooked. they're cooked right next to each other. They're cooked on the same surfaces. I'm not really sure why a vegan doesn't know 
that Burger King cooks everything together? It, I mean, that's my first question. I'm not a vegan. I am a, uh, I've coined the term veganish vegetarian. But when I go to a restaurant that I'm not sure of how they operate, that's the first question I'm going to ask if their grilled food is grilled on the same grill as their meat products are. And if it is, then I, you know, I order something else. Subway's pretty good because, you know, you go in and you tell them that you're vegan, they'll just change their gloves and get a clean knife and they start, you know, they pretty much start from scratch there and, you know, you don't, none of your stuff touches because the vegetables and the meat are separate. So, you know, you really don't have to worry about that and they make it right in front of you. Taco Bell, they make it where you can see what's going on back there and for the most part, they're always using utensils to uh, handle the food. So if you don't ask for any meat, you usually don't get any meat. I'm not really sure about this guy. You know, what, was he a vegan for like, had he been a vegan for a week? Because if you order food at a fast food restaurant, it's going to have meat in it unless you go to some really extreme measures to make sure that it has you know, it hasn't touched the meat or it's not cooked with the meat. I mean, like you go to McDonald's, pretty much anything you get at McDonald's is going to have some sort of meat on it, in it, around it. I mean, even their French fries, they put beef in their French fries. And I'm sure they cook all of their chicken nuggets and everything in the same oil as the French fries. So, you know, really, what does all that matter? You know, bottom line is, if you're a vegan and... You're going to Burger King. I have to question, you know, your uh, level of veganism. Anyway, I don't think that I don't think it warrants a lawsuit. However, who am I to decide? This guy says he's got a claim, and you know, Burger King. If Burger King did say 100% plant-based and 0% meat or beef or whatever, then I guess he does have some sort of claim if he can prove that there actually is some kind of meat in it. But I do think that his lawsuit is ridiculous. And there is something that I think that is more ridiculous than his lawsuit, and that is meat eaters who try to um, talk about vegans. Because I really don't think that a meat eater can get into the, um, into the mindset of the vegan. I'm sure they would tell me that they don't want to, but, you know, I mean, if you're going to be discussing it, then you should probably be able to, uh, you know, understand the vegans' argument, where they're coming from. I've said many times before, I listen to uh, quite a bit of talk radio, and I've heard, um, I've heard a couple of different radio hosts talk about veganism, and they'll talk about it, but um, they have no idea... I mean, they, they can't get it at all. But, you know, it's not just talk show hosts that have a problem with um, with talking about vegan, vegans. And I'm not really sure, I'm really not sure why a meat eater even worries about vegans and what vegans eat or what they think or what they do. You know, it's a it's a choice just like any other choice in life. And, you know, I even hear some people who claim to be liberty-minded, and, and they're just running vegans into the ground. But, I mean, really, what does it what does it hurt my life if somebody chooses not to eat animals? 
right? Why would I even want to make fun of these guys? Now, I agree, you know, there's some there's some over-the-top people, you know, PETA people. Some PETA people are just over-the-top. Okay, I get that. Again, you know, if they're not messing with my life, why would I want to mess with theirs? Why does it even bother me? Well, the answer is it doesn't bother me, and it doesn't really bother me that people eat meat as long as they don't try to get me to, to eat it. And when I say get me to, to eat it, I mean, if a person offers me a hamburger or whatever, it's probably because they don't realize that I don't eat meat. On some occasions, people, you know, they'll poke fun at me and try to, oh, you know, this is some really good stuff. You know, you should eat it. I'll eat one for you, that kind of thing. But, you know, person doesn't understand, they don't know that I don't eat meat, then, you know, I don't have a problem with them um, suggesting that I that I eat some. And, you know, we move on. I'm, I'm not the kind of guy who goes around trying to convince people that they don't need to eat meat. On social media, sometimes I run across people who are just, you know, they hate vegans. And, I'm again, I, I don't know why it even matters to them. But, you know, like I just read, just before I started recording this, it was in a, uh, a group had nothing to do with vegans. However, somebody made a post about some soldier who had came, who came back from Afghanistan or someplace. And he was talking about slaughtering quail. And he realized that, you know, it's just the circle of life. And then some other guy said, yeah, I don't understand why vegans don't get this. And then another guy said, yeah, because vegans don't understand, and I'm paraphrasing here, but vegans don't understand that, that more animals die for plant agriculture than, than for meat agriculture. And I just, you know... Okay, dude, did you even put any thought into that? Because, I mean, your meat is eating something, right? It's eating plants, and probably a lot of them, a lot. So, I mean, you know, best case, vegans are eating one less, one less animal is dying for the vegans to eat, you know, because they're eating the same thing that your, that your meat ate, but they're not eating the meat. Right, they're not eating whatever it was, the cow. So they're eating all the plants that the cow eats, but then they're just not eating the cow. So, I mean, you know, okay, dude, you can, uh, you know, eat all the meat you want to, but why are you making fun of vegans? And vegans, why are you making fun of the people who eat meat? I don't get it. And that's probably a big, long discussion I should cut out of this, too, but... There you go. I probably won't. In other news, more impeachment. That's just crap. I'm done with that. Oh, here's an interesting one. Union corruption. I forgot where I got this um, this article. But, I mean, it, it was being uh, It was being reported from multiple sources. United Auto Workers President Gary Jones resigned Wednesday, I guess that was last Wednesday, amid a federal corruption investigation targeting him for embezzling more than $1.5 million in union funds, capping a steep fall for one of the country's most powerful labor leaders. 
I've never understood the the union mentality. I've always been a guy who wants to be able to negotiate with my bosses for myself. Even even when I, you know, I was the low man uh, at the job. I was the, you know, the cart pusher. I had no desire for somebody else to try to get me better working conditions or whatever. It was always, as far as I could tell, it was always my responsibility to do that. And even now, I mean, man, I would hate to have to work for a union. It's bad enough to have a boss, right, that tells you that you have to do X or whatever. But to think that you have a whole union full of people who are looking at you like, you know, you have to do this and you have to do it this way. And if you don't do it this way, then you make the rest of us look bad. We're all going to be mad at you. Plus, we're going to take part of your money to tell you that you're going to do it this way and that you're only going to make what we all make. And, you know, I'm sure unions had a, had a, a purpose at one point. You know, I'm not saying that if crap's really bad at a factory, then, you know, the, the people who work there... Why couldn't they all just say, hey, you know, to the boss, hey, we're not going to work anymore until this gets fixed. And then just stop working. You know, maybe it gets fixed. Maybe he fires them all, hires new people, but he's going to be down for a while, right? So maybe he wants to just go ahead and, and fix whatever it is they want and everybody moves along. I, I'm not saying that, you know, that kind of union, that kind of solidarity isn't a good thing but the modern union seems to be pretty corrupt and i think this is a, a prime example of that you have some guy who's living large off of the uh, the guy that's actually doing the work and that's what you probably would think or at least that's what i think that most union members are trying to avoid is somebody getting rich off of their labor um exploiting their label their labor about the only other thing I see that's worth mentioning in the news this week is, um, and this is <laughs> this is pretty far uh, far fetched. It's entertainment news, and I saw that um, that Netflix ordered another season of Black Summer, and Black Summer is a spinoff of the uh, the sci-fi series Z Nation. If you haven't seen that, if you haven't seen Z Nation. You should probably, but Z Nation is really tongue in cheek, and there's a lot of just outrageous things in it. I mean, it's a zombie movie or a zombie show, so that's pretty far fetched, right? But yeah, you would have to see this. There's rolling balls of zombies and just all sorts of crazy things. And in the show, they mentioned Black Summer, which was which happened near the beginning of the zombie apocalypse well this uh the spinoff chronicles what happened during black summer the difference between black summer and z nation is that black summer is a serious well as serious as zombie movies or zombie shows can get but it was really um it was really gritty and I think it's probably a pretty good representation of the early days of a uh, apocalyptic event that doesn't just uh, annihilate, you know, the entire population. You could probably expect the same thing if there were a um, some other kind of plague 
or pandemic that affected, uh, you know, the vast majority of the population. And the, uh, man, the, the ending scene, I'm pretty sure it was a series, just not a very long series. Honestly, it's been a while since I watched it, so I can't really remember exactly how it happened. But the, the last scene is where, um, is where the survivors are all trying to get to this uh, this location where they're supposed to be help and and while they're getting there they have to fight zombies and they all start shooting and there's people caught in the crossfire and evidently early in the zombie apocalypse as soon as you die you turn into a zombie even if a zombie didn't wasn't the one that killed you so um, it just keeps multiplying it's it's uh, but it's pretty thought provoking, right? Because you have all these people who are just scared, never been in such a situation, and they're just trying to fight for their life to get to a safe location, what they think is a safe location. And it's an interesting take on how people might act in in such a situation. So there's my news for the uh, for the episode. It's probably the last time I do anything like that. I mean, if something piques my interest, I may, I may talk about that. But it's very stressful. A couple of uh, podcasts I've listened to since the since the last episode of Front Porch Anarchast. I listened to Anarchy Bang. B a n g Bang. I was not a fan. It was different. They were talking about boomers, and I I don't know. I couldn't really couldn't get my interest couldn't hold my interest of course i was trying to build that kitchen table so that was kind of that was kind of taking up some of my concentration but i will not be listening to any more of that and i ran across anarchast which i really didn't know when i came up with front porch anarchast i didn't know that that was a an active podcast and I've been doing this now for two years, two and a half years. And when I came up with the idea for Front Porch Anarchast, I was living in a cabin in the woods. No cell, no no cell service, no internet service of any sort, no electricity, no running water. And I just decided, hey, I'm going to do this and I'm going to call it Front Porch Anarchast because there's a front porch and I'm talking about anarchy and it's a broadcast so front porch anarchist right and I do vaguely remember searching for front porch anarchist and this anarchist popping up but there hadn't been there hadn't been a um, a podcast released in a while or something but anyway, I just assumed that anarchist was something like, you know, um, I, I see I see other words that are turned into cast. And so I used it. No infringement intended to the guy who came up with it. But anarchist, okay, it's pretty decent, I guess. I'm just not really into the, to the interview kind of podcasts. I could do without that. I guess that's why I like free talk live so much. I mean, people call in, but they're really not interviewing people. And some of these interview podcasts, it seems to me like they just interview people to 
try to cross-promote their podcasts instead of providing new content. I mean, how many times can I listen to the same guy give the same interview, basically, on different podcasts, right? Because uh, there's been a couple of guys, I've heard them on three or four different ones, especially if they have something new that comes out. I'm not saying I'm totally against the interview format, and at some point I may have people on to interview that might be in the um, on the podcast circuit. But I think if I do interviews, I want to interview more of the uh, the everyday person and just get their take on anarchy, what they think about it, or their statism, or voting, or taxation, or something like that. To me, I find that much more interesting. And another podcast that I stumbled across was called Drive, Drive With Us Podcast. I thought it was going to be two guys, but I mean, because really, most of the time, podcasts are guys, right? Turns out it's two women. I guess they're sisters, and they live in Atlanta. And they talk um, about, among other things, their commute and other people's commutes. And I, I find that interesting. I did live in in the Atlanta area for five years, I guess. Yeah, the commutes there are brutal. It, people want to talk about my roads and how government is so necessary, but let me tell you, from 7 o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock in the morning, and from 3 o'clock in the afternoon until 6 or 7 in the afternoon, it's pure anarchy on those on those roads around, around Atlanta, especially on the perimeter. It's just, it's, man, you've never seen anything like that. Or down on 400, where that runs into uh, 75, 85. It's, dude, it's rough. So, um, so I did check out their podcast. I don't know a lot of cackling, but I mean, you know, consider, <laughs> consider it's it's me that's saying that there's a lot of cackling. There's a lot of laughter on there, and I'm just not into that kind of laughter in a podcast. But they seem to be having a good time, and at some point, I may share with them some of my uh, some of my commute stories that I have from Atlanta. One time in particular, I was I was caught up in rush hour traffic. On um, yeah, it's been a while. I haven't lived there. I moved away from there in 2012, so seven years ago. Not really sure. It, at 285, I believe, is the perimeter. It goes all the way around. And I was up on the north end, the north side of that. Uh, I was headed over some kind of springs. I don't remember. Mm. I don't remember what the uh, what the exit's called. There was a Five Seasons Brewery right there, but I can't remember the... It was something springs. I was getting close to that. I think I was still headed toward 400. Anyway, the traffic was crawling when it was moving. And, I mean, it's crazy. There's like six or seven lanes on one side of this thing. And we're all just, you know, at a standstill. And some guy pulls up beside me. And he's looking over at me. And he motioned for me to roll down my window. I mean, he was in his car. There wasn't anybody, you know, out there. So I rolled down my window looked over at him and he said, Hey man, you got a flat. 
Now we were moving so slow that I didn't even know I had a flat. It, of course, it was on the back, so that made it even harder to to um, to know that I had one. So I managed to work over about three lanes of traffic and get over into the um, get over onto the shoulder and jack my Mustang up. Get three of the lug nuts off, and the fourth one is the locking lug nut. And it's stripped. It won't come off. And it, it's it, it's because it was the locking one that I couldn't get the, the key was stripped. And it was just, it was tough. So I didn't know what to do at that point. So I called up the guy who, uh, called up a guy who I grew up with. And he's like, yeah, man, the only way you get that off is to break it off. I was like, oh, how am I going to break this thing off? I mean, I had a I had some tools that I always kept in the car and had a hammer. Did I have a hammer? I had something. I think I had a chisel, but I didn't have a hammer. Anyway, you know, people crawling by me and I think a I think a policeman might have stopped and yeah, he did because he's like, "Hey, what's the matter?" I said, "Well, I have a flat." He's like, "Okay." That that was really the extent of it. And he drove off. He didn't want any part of a flat. And you know who finally stopped to help me? It was a truckload of what I can only assume were Mexican workers. They looked like they looked like they had been roofing, and none of them spoke English. But they did pull over, jumped out. One of them, you know, ran up there to me, and uh, we tried to communicate. I, you know, I showed him the the um, the problem you know I stuck the key in there and turned it and it was just stripping uh, it wouldn't turn the lug nut at all and then I wh whichever utensil I had utensil whichever tool I had the um, the chisel or the hammer whichever it was you know I showed him what I was trying to do and he looked at me and you know and I was like yeah that's what I want to do so he goes back to his truck and it it must have been that he went to get a bigger hammer. So I guess I had a chisel, maybe. Or maybe he had to get both. I don't remember. But he comes back and gives me one more look, like, are you sure you want to do this? And I was like, yeah. So it took him about two good whacks, and he broke the uh, he broke the, the stud off so, um, so I could pull the, the wheel off. And, you know, for, for all these people talking about borders and everything and worried about, you know, are they going to come over here and take your job? These are guys that have been working, if if I remember correctly, this was during the summertime. It had to be because, I mean, I wasn't wearing a jacket or anything. And they'd been roofing or or whatever. But people want to talk about, you know, these guys are coming over to take your job. And at the time... At that particular time, I just had the Mustang, I think, pretty sure. Later on, when I got the truck, I mean, it's a big white F-350, looks like a work truck, and if I got anywhere near a Home Depot or a Lowe's, I would be inundated with men who were trying to work that only spoke Spanish. I mean, they had tool belts, they were ready to go to work. You know, I can't really, I can't really fault people for that. And you know, I, they weren't trying to take anybody's job, guys. I mean, they were taking jobs that nobody wanted. I remember one guy I knew there in Atlanta. He needed a, a ditch dug. I think he was, 
I don't remember if he's running a plumbing line. I really think it was uh, an electrical line he was wanting to run. Or, I don't know, it could have been a drain, some kind of a drain. Anyway, so he wanted this ditch dug, and, you know, he could rent a machine, a trencher, and try to do it himself, or he could go hire a couple of guys at Home Depot for seven bucks an hour and, you know, work them for five hours or so, and they would get the job done, and that's what he did, and... He wasn't going to get anybody else that would just come out that day, dig a ditch for that price. He wasn't going to get somebody to come out and dig a ditch that day for any price, probably. You know, if you want to talk about a plumbing company or, or anybody else, they're just, you know, it doesn't operate that way. Sure, there's probably some bad, or I know for a fact that there are some bad apples that are coming across borders as well, but... You know, in my experience, you you get some bad apples in every population. I mean, even in the even in the indigenous population here now, you get quite a few bad apples. I deal with those guys every day. You know who I don't have to deal with normally, and that is Hispanic people who come across the border illegally. Maybe it's just the area that I'm in. But I think, I don't think I've ever ran into anybody who had a problem with, uh, with ICE. I did. There was one guy, two guys, two guys in Atlanta, but they didn't come from Mexico. These guys came from Eastern Europe and they were both on, uh, some kind of visa. Three guys, maybe. Yeah, they were on visas. I mean, they just flat up told me they came over here to make some money and then they were going to go back. Uh, because they had jobs over there. So I'm not really sure what the whole uh, border wall thing's going to gonna help with, if they even go through with that, because this whole impeachment thing has everything else stalled. So I'm just sitting back with some popcorn, like wondering what they're going to do next. I'm not at all against this whole impeachment process, because the longer it goes on, the less time those guys have to make silly rules that I have to deal with. And every time there's a new shooting... It seems like they want to come for the guns every time. But the impeachment has them has them tied up. And I love watching the people that just get so into this impeachment thing and they're strategizing what this what's going to happen here and what's going to happen there and you know if if this guy gets impeached and thrown out of office it's not going to matter in my life one bit. It's probably not going to matter in your life. Yeah, okay, so... So the Republicans would... Uh, I mean, the Democrats would have bragging rights. We got rid of your guy. Just like a football team, you know. My team beat your team. You know what, dude? You're not even on the team. What does it matter? It's not your team. You don't own it, and you're... You know, you're not on it. And you don't own it. So how is it your team? But... Yeah, I better just shut up with that because I'll make sports balls, sports ball fans, I'll upset them. Don't want to do that, huh? Well, I guess along with the wind here, we're going to get a temperature drop because it is. Uh, it seems to be dropping quite rapidly. It's got to be getting down into the low 50s now because it's starting to get a little chilly. So there was another episode where I'm all over the place. Can't really seem to maintain a coherent thought. I'm going to blame it on... Uh, the Thanksgiving 
consumption day. Can't really even call it a holiday, right? It's not holy, and um, and all it, it seems to all it seems to be about anymore is just buying trinkets at ridiculously low prices. And you know those prices aren't aren't nearly as low as they used to be. I don't think. I'm not really sure why people stand in line to get little trinkets like that. But hey, I don't have to understand them, right? It's a free country. They can stand in line if they want to. I can go to work and take care of those guys if I want to, or I can stay at home. My bills wouldn't get paid, but, you know, there you go. It's We're supposedly free. So whatever you're going to do for Thanksgiving, I hope that you have a very happy one. Spend some time with your family. Try to stay away from politics, but if you can, you know, get a... Um, Get a word in there for freedom, liberty. Throw that in there. Uncle Bob or Uncle Tom. Oh, I probably shouldn't have said Uncle Tom, huh? If Uncle Bob or Uncle Fred, you know, they get to talking about Trump this or Pelosi that, maybe you can find a way to throw in a good word for freedom there. Yeah, maybe not. If you get a chance, though, I'd appreciate it if you would share the podcast with... Um, with your friends on social media would be a, a great start. I don't expect you to go around handing out business cards for me, but if you want to, send me an email at front, frontporchanarchist at gmail.com, and I'll hook you up with some business cards. I'm even looking into making up some T-shirts for people who want to support the podcast. I'm not really sure how I'm going to offer those yet, but it'll be... It'll have to be donation-based. Just the shipping alone on a t-shirt makes it cost-prohibitive to just send them out. And then there's the materials and the time it takes um, to actually press those t-shirts. So, If you would like to support the show directly like that, you could uh, send me an email, frontporchanarchast at gmail.com. You can also reach me through the Facebook page or the MeWe page. And I just started a mind.com, minds.com page. You can find me there from Borjan Arcast. And just to just today, I found, um, or I didn't find it today. I just opened an account on Float. And it, it may be float.app. I'm not really sure. But Float is spelled F-L-O-T-E. So if you Google that or whatever your search engine is, you could try it. You could look at that. Just started playing around with it. It looks interesting. And I know that they've only been up since like April. And it's some kind of cryptocurrency based kind of award system or reward system or something. I don't know. But I'm just trying to find a way to get out from under the thumb of Zuckerberg. Anyway, come find me on social media or send me an email. I guess that's it for tonight. It's cold. It's windy. It's late. I want to get back inside. Happy Thanksgiving. Good night. If you like what you've heard here on Front Porch Anarchist, you could run over to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash frontporchanarchist at frontporchanarchist on Facebook. And give us a like over there if you haven't already. And if you would really like to support the show, you could run over to our Grey Uncommons page on Facebook. 
and peruse through our our offerings there and maybe make a purchase a decal or a t-shirt decals very inexpensive you wouldn't believe how much that helped whatever you choose to do thank you for listening to front porch anarchast we hope you enjoyed this broadcast of the front porch anarchast like and share our page or send us a message at front porch anarchast on facebook